0: And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present
1: Radio Free Asgard.
0: And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 217 of the Only Thor podcast, hosted by a true descendant of Odin. We're a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, and we're available there and on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, all the other places you can find us. And if we're not somewhere you want to find us, then let us know and we'll try to get us there, because we're all about being available. So I don't really have a whole lot to talk about here at the top of the show. It's been... uh, a couple weeks since I've recorded anything. Yeah, I kind of got ahead again, but uh, now I'm behind again. So yeah, and of course you didn't notice because I didn't miss a show. But yeah, and I I actually was ahead of a show, but anyway, uh, yeah. So recovering here for my weekend, which involved getting a nasty knock on the head. Uh, it's my own dumb fault, but uh, it was a geocaching related injury, and so if I'm a little bit loopy, it's because I got a. a, a nasty knock on the head and i'm kind of feeling a little bit loopy so yeah uh, but yeah i'll be a fine it's fine anyhow um oh speaking of geocaching i actually if for those of you who are following my adventures on other podcasts i actually appeared in a 90 second clip over on the passing places podcast which is a podcast that is about uh, traveling in scotland and they have a unique feedback thing on their website where you can actually record right over their website a comment and I've talked about uh, geocaching in Scotland so if anybody cares you can head over to uh, to the uh, passing places website which is com, and I don't remember the uh, number of the episode I think it's 57 it's not the one that has geocaching in the title it's the one after that so uh, i don't remember what episode number but if you're interested in what i had to say for 90 seconds uh, go ahead and go listen to that anyhow uh yeah we have an issue of thor to cover so we might as well go ahead and do that cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar you'll behold This week, we are looking at The Mighty Thor, number 185. Cover date is February 1971. Cover art is by John Buscemi, inked by John Verporten. It's a nice cover. Really, uh, really very striking dynamic cover here. It's got Thor, and he looks to be in a barren sort of uh, Kirby planet landscape sort of thing. And standing, there's a big like spire of rock standing behind him, and on the rock is the silent one. You remember the kind of shriveled old guy with a metal skull cap from last issue. And there's a star or sun or something in the background. It looks like it's being destroyed by a hand made of Kirby crackle. And it's uh yeah, it's a pretty awesome cover here. And the cover blurb says, "See the power of the silent one. See worlds without end in the grip of infinity. Uh, see the god of thunder alone and unarmed trapped upon the world beyond." Which is strange because he's got his hammer in his hand on the cover. We open up to the splash page where we see Thor standing on what looks like an alien world, though. It looks like it's also just outside of Asgard. And he is whirling his hammer around as though he's getting ready to teleport himself. The title of the story is In the Grip of Infinity. Story by Stan Lee. Illustration by John Buscema. Inker with Sam Granger. And Sam Rosen was the letterer. And Thor shouting out, Danger hath befallen noble Odin within the world beyond. So to his side must I, the god of thunder, fly, because I am his son. Come join the mighty Thor as he prepares to embark upon the strangest journey of all strange. Enter with the prince of Asgard for the first time in recorded history, the dreaded world beyond and he's standing atop of the v, uh, spire o rock, and he's whipping his hammer around by the power of enchanted mjolnir mighty mallet mighty hammer let me leave this hallowed realm and fly to the world beyond and there's like uh, flying it looks as though he's flying upward but it's more like a portal has opened he's flying up into it and we get some uh captions here then even as space itself twists and weaves at thor's command the immortal Avenger hurtles towards the edge of the infinite, towards the void beyond the furthest reach of thought itself. And even as he doubles and troubles the very speed of light, his thoughts plummet back, back to the fabled Asgard, to the place where it all began. And we get a little bit of a uh, flashback here of how this story started. And Thor says, even now my father's words still echo in my ears. And you go, and get kind a of flashback music. And we see Thor and his father looking at the cosmic voyeuroscope. And <laughs> this is something that actually did not happen in the prior issue. <laughs> and Odin is pointing out this giant hand. "'Tis as though a giant hand hath torn away the fabric of the universe. If it be unchecked, twill mean the end of all life, the end of the universe itself. For it doth come from the world beyond. I remember, too, the Silent One, who watched and waited, invulnerable to attack." and we have Thor uh, confronting him what wizardry hath been unleashed an unseen force doth hurl me back yes and we did we did saw that last time and overshadowing all else the awesome odin sword didst threaten to unsheathe and thor says if yon blade doth leave its scabbard twill mean the day of ragnarok hath come twill mean the world must end the omens were clear the cosmos was threatened as ne'er before twas then that odin spake i leave thee in my place my son "'whilst I go forth to probe the world beyond.' Oh my. "'And if I fall, then thou shalt follow after me.' And we see him leave, and then we see the Silent One follow, as we saw last issue. The Silent One, he seeks to follow Odin. And hear Odin talking from inside the uh, the portal. "'Keep thy distance, Thunder God. "'Let him go where he wilt, for tis he who holds the key.' And so they did depart. The whilst I with heavy heart remained to guard the realm, and see Odin flying away in a giant fireball. He dares invade the unknown world beyond, in company of the Silent One, whose power and purpose are known to none. But I had little time to brood, for with Odin gone, the traitorous Loki led his hordes against the realm eternal. It was a time for battle, a time for valor, and my lady Sif was ever at my side. And we get the Sif again in the outfit that I liked. Who strikes at Thor must strike at Sif. And she's fighting. uh, She's getting armored dudes. But then at last, the battle won. A vision did appear, and it's uh, the vision of Odin. God of thunder, heed my words. The world beyond comes ever closer. My time is gone, but remember well. Uh, Infinity! And he's gone, and Thor says, And so I knew my course. The Thunder God would wait no more. And you have uh, Thor getting ready to uh, take off. And Sif trying to stop him. The spirit hath faded. My liege is gone. Nought remains save the haunting word. Infinity. My course is clear. I must fly to Odin. And we then return to the presence where we have Thor going through the portal. And now it is done. I have breached the veil. I have bridged the endless chasm. I landed last. Upon the mystic world beyond. And the, it's sort of a barren wasteland a la Doctor Strange. So there's like these weird Doctor Susian sort of stone pathways that's kind of going from one place to another, kind of from one nowhere to another, kind of weird. There's a place of shadows and swirling mists, says Thor out loud, and silence so deep it doth chill the blood. There be no start, there be no end. How then shall I find Odin? And the sort of purple, misty background, lots of fog and and all that stuff. But soft, from out of the fog a figure looms. I sense his hate. I sense his lust to kill. And it turns out to be a very Steve Ditko-looking character here. It's this dude, and he's orange, and he's got forearms. And he's wearing this sort of purple and yellow armor and these green wrist things on all four of his arms kind of asian looking mask it's not really asian looking but it's this kind of comic book asian and we have this guy and he's talking none may enter the world beyond if not summoned by the master you have dared intrude thus you must die so speaks the guardian and the guardian comes towards thor and he's got a uh, mace kind of a blue mace in one of his hands. It looks a little bit like something a troll would carry. I care not for thine empty threats, for I be god of thunder, Tis thy master I do seek. Silence, doomed one. Such is his power that none who live may speak his name. And that is why you shall live no more. And he smashes the ground with his mace and goes, Thoom! Uh, Thor manages to leap out of the way. Dudley is thine arm. But thy speed, it's not its equal. equal. It 'Tis fitting now that thou shalt feel the might of Thor, and Thor whacks him across the face with Mjolnir and sends him flying back, and he gets off off the ground. Your size belies your strength, Intrudar, but it matters not, for none may fall. The Guardian, how canst thou rise? Thou wert struck by mighty Mjolnir. You know it's not the first time that's happened. <laughs> I cannot fall, I cannot die. The master himself protects me, gives me life anew. And he powers my mace with a force supreme, a force to sap your strength and churn your blood to water. And he shoots this uh, lavender-colored spooge out of his mace, which is, uh, yeah, that's not phallic at all. And it's kind of encasing Thor in a sort of foam. It's it's mace cum. That's all I can say. It's cum, <laughs> and it's covering Thor, and, and he's trying to get get this goop off him. But it's kind of mist as well, I suppose. There be no force to fell the mighty Thor. My blood is more than blood, for it be the blood of Odin. I know not the world you come from, but here it is the master alone who rules. The master alone who was lord of life and death. And Thor has managed to get uh, all the spooge off of himself. And he's like, all worlds are one. And Odin is the power. And he gets really angry and he hammers at him. And two of them are uh, tussling here. It cannot be. You cannot stand against me. For you are merely flesh and blood. While I... What about I? I am... The Guardian. Yeah, he keeps saying that on every page. Never have I known such power, save for the white-bearded one, whom the master claimed for his own. Odin, thou speakest of my father," says Thor, and they're they're still continuing to uh, wrestle here. Thou hast seen the hallowed Lord of All, and he does a judo throw, and he throws the uh, the Guardian into this uh, purple lake sort of thing. And thou shalt lead me to him, for none may hold my father captive. "'Fool, you know not what you say. "'You know not the majesty or wrath of the mighty master.' "'And he starts, I guess, hiding under the water or whatever. "'And Thor's like, "'He seeks to vanish neath the Stygian surf, "'but where he flees the thunder god shall follow. "'The guardian does not flee. "'Then thou shalt speak now, wretched one, "'where hides thine accursed master?' Blasphemer those words have sealed your fate. And they are fighting in the water, and the Guardian has grabbed Thor, and he starts to hold him down in their water. But Thor's fighting back admirably, obviously. Nay, tell me that which I must know, thy master's name, be it infinity. No, no, choke back the words. And you get a big uh, voice coming from above. Who mouthed my name? The master has heard, now we are truly lost. The heavens tremble, says Thor, the ground doth shake. Mercy, master, mercy. Guardian, you have failed, and so you must pay the price. And he just kind of collapses, the the guardian just kind of falls down in the water face down. He grows stiff and lifeless, slumping forward as if in death. Yet not a blow hath fallen. You shall sleep the sleep beyond all sleep, till I summon you again. Where thou art, whatever thou be, now heed the words of Thor. What hath befallen the regal Odin, he who is my father? What care I for father or for son? I who rule a universe. I to whom a planet matters less than any pebble. And the we see the giant Kirby Crackle hand, and it's reaching out for uh, one of these floating planets that you have in Kirby space. I, to whom a planet matters less than any pebble. He reaches out to seize a spinning globe. It vanishes within his giant grasp, and now it is gone without a trace. So he's, he's taken a planet and just kind of crushed it in his hand. It but a vague and mystic hand, and yet it spanned a galaxy. And now it slowly fades away, and where once a planet spun, naught remains but lifeless space. And we see a little bit more of the the landscape that Thor is in, and once again, it's sort of this orange beach, and there's some straggly-looking wooden, like driftwood or something, and the water is purple. And Thor is going wandering down this beach thing, and it's all purple mist and stuff. "'Hear me, father, where thou mayest be, thou wert right to fear infinity.' For if he be not crushed, the universe shall crumble. But how to crush a hold? What presence doth approach? What figure works within yon mist? And Thor wheels around, and he sees the Silent One. And the Silent One is coming closer to him. "'Tis thee, the mysterious Silent One, who hath followed Odin to this grim and ghostly sphere. No longer shalt thou stand thus silent. Thor now bids thee speak.' But thy lips divulge the fate of lordly Odin. And, of course, the Silent One says nothing, because if he did, he wouldn't be silent, would he? Again thou darest defy the God of Thunder? Then let the wrath of Mjolnir show thee. No, I cannot strike thee. My very arms obey me not. So Thor's drawn his hammer back, and he's getting ready to strike the, the guy, but he can't move, or he's at least not able to, uh, to do any violence against the, the Silent One. But still thou shalt not win the day. If Mjolnir cannot touch thy form, then let there be other ways. And so instead of of striking the silent one, he smashes the rock that they're standing on instead. The peak upon which thou stand, one blow shall shatter it to dust. Then thou shalt stand no more. And he smashes the big rock, and he falls down. But the silent one doesn't. By the hallowed halls of Asgard, what nameless wizardry is this? And the silent one is kind of floating in the air. You'd think he would have learned when he tried the same business with Galactus, but okay, not all my might, not all my rage can make my will prevail. But hold, I see thee turn and raise thine eyes. Thy finger points and beckons me to look. Then the time hath come. Now Thor shall learn the truth. And you're getting this sort of... Vision being conjured in midair, I guess, by the by the silent one. This is a sort of movie that's being projected on the sky. Mine eyes behold a distant world as infinity draws near. And you see the, the claw, the, the, the Kirby crackle hand coming out to grab the planet. The globe is bathed in blackness. But now I see more clearly than before. It is not destroyed. It simply fades from human sight. Swallowed by the Stygian darkness beyond the world beyond. Beyond the world beyond. <laughs> oh, within swallowed by the Stygian darkness within the world beyond. And all who dwelled upon that globe have lost their will. They do but live to serve infinity. And he shows the, the planet being grabbed and going into this weird sort of, of cave thing. And the, we see a, a scene on the planet, and there's these weird alien people. They're, they've got um, kind of oddly shaped heads, like these cat ear ridges on their heads, and pointy ears, and and the uh, females look more human. They, they still have the kind of weird misshapen head, but the, the men are kind of you know, animal-looking. Enough! Enough! I'll see no more! The sight doth chill my heart and soul. Thou hast revealed that infinity hath power and O to slave the cosmos. But what of Odin? Ne'er must he know such a fate. Is it just me or Thor has gone back to being really whiny? <laughs> this is Thor the drama queen. Or if my hallowed father fall... Then who shall save the universe? And the, the, the silent one just points. Again, the silent one doth point, because Thor has to speak the obvious, as if to warn of danger that doth now impend. And the, the, you see some figures in the mist. The mist do part, and from their depths I see, and it turns out to be the warriors three, as you recall, my long-vanished comrades, Hogan, Fandral, and the voluminous Volstog. But no mouse do smile. "'No eyes do shine with glint of happy recognition. "'Slowly they do come to me as though I be their foe.'" And they kind of moving zombie-like, and they draw their weapons. "'They draw their weapons, preparing to attack. "'In truth, I vow, they seem to know me not. "'I have no wish to harm them, for they know not what they do. "'And so the storm shall stay their blows.'" And he uh, uses his hammer to create a storm. a hammer which I, the Thunder God, command for now and ever.'" Pour ye rain and blow ye winds, so speaks thy master Thor, and the rain comes and knocks the uh, warriors three down, which seems um, seems odd. But they keep coming and they they manage to reach Thor eventually, and they they grab him. Does not to know they be as guardians; not even the storm can halt them. But I'll not lift a hand against a friend. There be another way. If storm alone shall not suffice. Let there be hurricane! And he's got these hurricane force winds going, and it's uh, whipping the warriors three all around, even Volstagg, who's just kind of rolling along the ground. But they fight the wind, and they're continuing to attack him. By Odin's beard, they do return, but none who live can breach such blast, unless tis the doing of infinity, do you think? He controls their minds and limbs as well, but Thor hath just begun to fight. And he creates this uh Ajax White Tornado vortex, and it's says, uh, spinning the uh, the warriors three around and around it says, faster than the speed of light, his foes are thus flung skyward through warps and the twist of space and self until they land upon the rainbow bridge so what kind of an idea is this I mean for all he knows they're still they're still brainwashed. They could be a real danger to Asgard, so I guess they're just assuming that when they uh, you know, land, it's going to break this spell. Anyway, so they land upon the Rainbow Bridge, and Heimdall is there, and some dude on a horse, and Sif apparently is there as well. Who thus descends to Asgard? Says Heimdall. And uh, so it, it turns out that they are still in their in their trance, but they're not being violent. And so they take they take the uh, the warriors three to the Grand Vizier. "'And he's like, Tis as though another doth possess them all, in mind and body both. "'Can
2: such a fate have befallen mighty Thor as well?' asks Sif. "'Oh, no, I dare not think such thought.'
0: "'And the vizier is, is, uh, takes uh, Sif aside.
2: "'Alas, my lady, another crisis hath arisen. "'Tis grim enough to turn thy thoughts from thy beloved. "'Nay, my lord, nothing can make me forget noble Thor.'
0: Not even that. And he takes her into the Odin's sword room. And the sword is pulling itself out of its sheath. Though it moves exceedingly slow. I tell you this, my lady. The dial shows without a doubt. It moves. Um, You know, they should know that just by seeing that the sword is further out of the scabbard. But, okay.
2: <laughs> "'Tis too horrible to think upon. If it is not stopped, the world will end. Twill be the dawn of Ragnarok." None save lordly Odin possesses the power
0: to sheathe the sword anew.
2: But if he be trapped in the world beyond, then all who live are lost.
0: And we then shift scenes back to the world beyond. And we uh, shift to Odin. And he guess he's having his uh, battle against infinity or whatever. And Odin is fighting in this blue and red swirling vortex thing. The darkness shall not gather, for Odin shall not fail. I am the way, I am the light, and none may say me nay. Infinity! Infinity! Why dost thou hide thy face? I know thou art the enemy, as Odin shall e'er be thine. But know you this, O Hidden One, though space be endless, the cosmos vast. They be too small for thee and me. And he sees the the Silent One kind of lurking on a rock. I see thee watching, Silent One. Though I cannot guess thy plan, thou must see me soon triumphant, lest chaos rule the world. But if I fail, I still may win. Yea, there be one to carry on. There be the God of Thunder. And we see they're fighting in this Kirby space, and they're going to, on this crumbling rock, like a... Like an, an asteroid that's kind of being destroyed by these energy discharges. And there's all these, uh, like, comets and exploding planets and stuff. And very, very Jack Kirby-ish sort of space scene here. Though planets crumble, though galaxies fall, I vow by Asgard's golden gates, the prize shall ne'er be thine. And we shift scenes to a observatory of some sort, some sort of futuristic observatory, And these very human-looking people who are just hanging out with this giant telescope thing. And there's somebody on the giant telescope, and he's yelling, Dr. Brenner, Dr. Brenner, something is happening in the heavens. Are you being frivolous, Cosgrave? Something is always happening out there. No, it must be serious, says this bald, bald guy. Look how alarmed he looks. So I don't know if they're on Earth. I guess they're on Earth. We'll project the image on the view screen, and uh, they, they gives us image of uh, Infinity's hand, and uh, they're like, "There, I see it too. I see what Cosgrave meant. But you're looking past the outermost reaches. We can only guess what it represents. It represents catastrophe. There are flickering lights where no lights have ever been, and areas of darkness where once faint pulsars pulsed. It means worlds being born and dying." "'It means far more than that,' says the bearded guy. "'It means a mad, monstrous, mind-boggling cataclysm "'so imaginably powerful that it has pierced the veil of space and time. "'But to us, it will ever be a mystery, until perhaps too late.' "'Too late? What do you mean, Brunner?' "'Any force so shattering, though it's further away than our minds can imagine.' "'Don't say it, Brunner. I sense what you mean. "'Such a force can destroy the earth!' And they they shift out to the uh, the city where it's raining really really hard, and there's you know wind blowing and people are being because it never rains on Earth. And there's a couple of cops standing here, and I have to say this uh, this rain scene and the, these two cops in particular look like almost like Gene Cullen drew them because Gene Cullen, of course was the master of this kind of thing. And the cops are talking. We've never had a rain like this before. Now I know how Noah must have felt. It's like the end of the world. And we shift back to the world beyond, and we have the, the storm strengthening on Earth, but we have equally the sort of explosions and stuff going on out here in the world beyond. And the caption says, Minute after minute, hour after hour, day after day, the deluge grows stronger on the tiny planet Earth. But at the edge of the universe, where time itself can have no meaning... The world beyond still seethes and swells, for none have yet contained it. But one man stands and waits and plans, one man who is somehow more than man. My enchanted hammer hath hurled my comrades Asgardward, perchance to safety as was my plan, but the journey alas hath taken too long. Without Mjolnir in hand I can be Thundergod no longer. Oh, so I guess he used the hammer to send the uh, Warriors Three out there, and the hammer has not come back to him. They don't make that very clear. Mjolnir! Mjolnir! Return to thy master, shouts Thor. My brain doth throb. My limbs grow weak. The sands of time now slip away, and with them slips the mighty Thor. And he is uh, transforming back into Dr. Don Blake. And he wakes up, I guess, uh, he falls down or whatever. And he's on the beach. He's on this, this purple beach like like he was before. I, I thought, I'd hoped, it was just a strange mad dream. But no, it's true. I was without the hammer for more than 60 seconds. And so I've become the mortal Dr. Blake once more. A frail, lame human trapped within the world beyond. From somewhere above, a piercing blast just struck that bog. And so, yeah, that's what we see. Um, the bog in which the four-armed guardian hath fallen. And the guardian has been awakened by this uh, energy blast, and he's rising up out of the water. He says, I live again. Infinity has need for me anew. There is another who must be my victim. And he stands up, and he's trudging towards uh, Dr. Blake, and Blake is thinking to himself, he's coming towards me, and I'm helpless. Helpless. And then he says out loud, But I cannot leave, for the hammer will return only to this very spot. Now that's bull, but we'll talk about that in a sec. Yet if I stay, I die. And you get a close-up of, of Dr. Blake shouting, I die. And we have the next issue blurb, Worlds at War. And that is Thor number 185. And of course, we'll be talking a little bit about the issue, but first... We have a uh, promo. Hey,
1: listeners, it's Ryan Daly here to give you an exciting sneak peek at the Secret Origins podcast, a review show dedicated to the post crisis Secret Origins comics. Secret Origins told or retold or occasionally reimagined the origins of many of DC's legendary superheroes, including Superman, Batman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Jonah Hex. Nightwing, Plastic Man, Bad Girl, Blackhawk, Black Lightning, Booster Gold, Detective Chimp, The Legion of Superheroes, and a hundred others. But I won't be alone in my coverage of these epic stories. I'm bringing the best and brightest and irredeemablest guest stars from the blogosphere and podcast community, such as Chris Franklin from the Supermates podcast. I think this is a great idea... For a podcast, and I wish I thought
0: of it first, but um, it's in good hands.
1: Chris and I are going to be reviewing the first issue of Secret Origins, which tells the story of the Golden Age Superman. And now, Chris, I don't know if this has ever come up before on your own show, but would you say you're much of a Superman fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am definitely a Superman fan. Uh, Superman, the movie, is still my favorite movie of all time. That's my Star Wars I don't remember a time when I didn't know who Superman was. Tim Wallace from Court Industries, a blog devoted to Blue Beetle. My friends, my close friends would probably tell you that Aquaman was my favorite hero. And they wouldn't be too far off from the truth, but there was already a pretty decent blog covering Aquaman. So I went for my number two, which was was Blue Beetle. And this issue actually has a lot to do with uh, why he's one of my favorites. Luke Giaconetti from the Hawkman blog, being Carter Hall in the Earth Destruction Directive podcast. Thank you for having the the enthusiasm to talk about Halo, because this is not a character that I know much about. Uh, you know, it's uh, I'm 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 one of the oddballs in that I'm an Outsiders fan who doesn't like the Teen Titans. So <laughs> I f- I figure I'm I'm pretty much required to do my my uh, you know my due diligence in defending the members of the Outsiders team, especially one of the originals. Siskoid, from Siskoid's blog of Geekery and the Hero Points podcast. One of the subjects I keep returning to is Golden Age superheroes. I like exploring the, the history of comics, and especially DC Comics, which has the biggest load of, uh, of Golden Age heroes. In Secret Origins is full of these because Roy Thomas wrote, um, you know, half the series or so, and just like he wrote a lot of Golden Age heroes and brought Golden Age heroes to the um, to our attention in the 80s, which was when I started reading comics. And of course, Rob Kelly from the Fire and Water podcast. The plan was, all this time, once we finished Who's Who, we were going to do the Secret Origins series. That was our next next, uh, big project. And you have swooped in and stolen it and I'm just saying you better not screw this up I mean you're on episode 4 and you brought in your biggest guest star yet but from here if it's just downhill I'm going to be really ticked off that you ruined our idea Mm, I wasn't really listening to any of that plus more incredible guests including Sean Engel Chad Bokelman Kyle Benning Nathaniel Wayne Paul Scovito, Greg Arajo, Tom Panarese Doug Zawissa Aaron Moss Alan Middleton Max Romero, Gene Hendricks, Stella, Ange, Diablo, Frank, and possibly even more. Join us as we uncover the secret origins of all your favorite DC heroes, except for Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, and Supergirl, and the Huntress, and Red Tornado, and Mira, and Aqualad, and Jon Stewart, the Green Lantern, and Wildcat, and Metamorpho, and Geoforce, and Mr. Terrific... The Secret Origins Podcast.
0: And we're back. So, of course, we do, as always, have a few things to say about it. There's a lot of inconsistency here in the story, but Stan is back. I mean, this is definitely the, the strongest Stanley story that we've had in a while. And so I, I feel it's worth mentioning that, you know, you have this level of storytelling that actually is just as good as anything he had under Kirby, um you know, so again, I have to kinda of point this out to the people who say that, that Stan never wrote anything. Clearly he did. This is these are not the words of John Busema. These are the words of Stan Lee. And, you know, a story, it's not half bad. I mean, it's not a the most original story in the world, but It certainly is very much in the Stanley style, including lots of exclamation points and people shouting things and Thor stating the obvious, all the the tropes that we've come to know and love. The thing that makes this issue kind of stand out is I think that this is probably the issue where Buscema really comes into his own as the artist. This is the least Jack Kirby-ish issue yet as far as the artwork goes. Now, we still have a, a strong Kirby influence, particularly in some of the tech and of course the architecture of Asgard and the Kirby space. But the figures now at this point are becoming very unlike anything Kirby did. They're, they're really kind of going more into the style that, that Busema was continuing to, to develop as the, the 70s went on. Um, inking is, is really interesting. I, I don't know that I prefer Granger to Sinnet but it definitely adds a, a moodier element to it than Sinnott's inks do. He doesn't seem to be as heavy an inker as Sinnott, which is kind of odd because I don't think of Sinnott as being an inker that overpowers anyone's pencils, but he definitely brings a um, his own sensibility to people's pencils, and I think that, that Granger's work here is it's just uniquely different, and I like it. I like the way it looks. I don't know if he sticks around, but... I generally like uh, a lot of what he's doing as far as the inks. Now, this is not quite as strong in some of the panels where it's clear that that Buscema needed embellishing rather than just inking, because we have some scenes here, like, uh, for example, the fight between Thor and the Warriors 3. It's really difficult to see what's going on because it looks like the pencils are really sketchy, and it looks as though he tries to cover that up a little bit by emphasizing this rain and mist and all that stuff. But by and large, I, I like the artwork a lot. I like the inking a lot. And and what the hell? I even like the lettering a lot. <laughs> but uh, actually uh, I wanted to point out the, the coloring of the issue as I, as has been happening for kind of a while now, the coloring has become more and more ornate and we have a lot more variants of, of colors We've got a lot more highlighting being done by colors, and it doesn't really say who the colorist was in the issue, but, you know, it's, it's good stuff, I have to say. So this issue has actually been reprinted in a couple of places, first in Marvel Masterworks Thor Volume 10 and also in The Essential Thor Volume 4, probably other places as well, but I don't know about them. All right, so with that, it's time to wrap up the show for this week. Thanks again, folks, for listening. I really do appreciate it. And if you want to contact us, please feel free to do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. And with that, I'm back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, nursing my, uh, my bridge-aching head. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, The Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vend and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.